This is episode 366 on the 19th of May 2021. The time by the studio clock is 10 a.m. And I welcome you to episode number 366 on this beautiful overcast. Wednesday morning. Let's begin the episode by knowing what are the highlights for this overcast morning's episode. We shall be discussing the backlash pay-per-view results or as it has been renamed as WrestleMania backlash pay-per-view results. we shall also talk about tendulkar opening up about something very interesting and as always sherlock holmes so let's get right to the job so what were the matches scheduled for the backlash pay-per-view it was roman reigns versus cesaro for the wwe universe championship Miz versus Damian Priest for the lumberjack match which means I will tell you what that means for a lumberjack zombies match army of the dead Lashley versus McIntyre versus Strowman for the WWE World Championship Rhea Ripley versus Asuka versus Flair for the Raw Women's Championship Bailey versus Bel Air for the SmackDown Women's Championship and Mysterio versus Ziggler and Rude for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship.
let's look at the results one by one. Roman Reigns and Cesaro faced each other as Reigns defended his WWE Universal Championship. This is not the first time Roman Reigns and Cesaro had met, but this was in a completely different scenario as Reigns over the past 10 months since his heel turn has turned out to be a different wrestler. The anti-hero or someone who wants to take control of things, well, that's something that everyone was looking forward to, including me. And you may have heard me talk a million times about Wayne's changing attitude, but most listeners won't understand unless you see what was the transformation. I won't go into detail, but... To keep it short, Reigns defended his WWE Universal Championship via submission or knockout. For most of the time, Cesaro was right on the ball. He kept Reigns thinking about whether he would lose his championship. But as the WWE management wanted, they wanted Reigns to reign over his championship for a long time and since August of 2020 he has been doing that exactly and he took this one step further by defeating another potential wrestler and a potential champion in Cesaro though though the question becomes are they teasing for a Roman Reigns Seth Rollins championship match because every time Reigns defends his championship successfully whether on pay-per-view or regular programs the commentator the announcer always asks who will challenge him or who will put him under pressure he has seen all kinds of Potential challenges come and go from Edge, Daniel Bryan, even his cousin Jay Uso. Up to some extent, there was a feud between him and Kevin Owens, and now there was a feud between him and Cesaro. Now, who can challenge him? Looking at the roster, well, there are not too many. Everyone has the potential, but the only one who can match him as far as the mind games are concerned is Seth Rollins, but they are not going too fast with the Reigns Rollins because they don't want to go into that Shield days scenario. So they want they want to keep that Shield reuni reunification from happening. But looking at how Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns have gone on their individual careers. That will not happen. But will a Reigns-Rollins matchup happen just from the point of view of a potential mouth-watering WWE Universal Championship title defense? It's a possibility. What is the WWE management thinking is something that no one knows. Why are they not going for that match? Is something which... which only the WWE management knows. Moving on further, Lashley McIntyre Strowman. Just like Roman Reigns 
Lashley had two potential challengers and despite being knocked out for a considerable amount of time when Lashley was sent through the electronic boards McIntyre and Strowman could not take advantage of that and pin or submit each other and when the opportunity presented Lashley just like Brock Lesnar used to do when he was active remember Brock Lesnar participated in multiple triple threat fatal four way matches and at numerous occasions he was knocked out he was sent over the announce table and yet his other challengers were not able to take advantage of that situation and lesnar somehow thanks to paul heyman and his tactics would defend his championship similarly lashley also defended his championship but i think this is not the last we see of a lashley mcintyre feud this feud will go on for some time how long will this will they keep this feud going will they maybe draft mcintyre to smackdown and see that if mcintyre can challenge roman reigns for the wwe universal championship or will someone like baron corbin be the wild card who will challenge lashley there are a lot of them but as of now they're keeping the challengers just like wayne's challengers close to their chest the same story is with the two women's championship both the women's championship defended their title but i think the bailey bell air feud and a potential rematch is not over they will feud for a while their promos will go on as well the ripley aska and flair promo will continue how long is something once again that depends on the wwe management now the interesting thing the interesting part of this match was a non title match the only non title match of the pay per view that was between miz and damian priest Miz and Damien Priest have had their share of feud over the past six months, ever since Royal Rumble and the inclusion of Bad Bunny and whatnot. And here they had a lumberjack match. For the information of people who don't know what a lumberjack match is, it means the entire roster surrounds the two wrestlers, and when the wrestlers go out of the ring, it is the job of the lumberjack to make sure that. neither of the wrestlers lose or win by count out so they throw the wrestlers back in the ring here this was a much criticized match but i think it wasn't criticized they kept up with their cinematic theme matches like they did last year with reference to the boneyard match the firefly funhouse match and other matches it may have seemed mediocre but according to me it was something novel it wasn't mediocre it was in that good and nice kind of a zone so and because netflix was sponsoring this particular pay per view and they're also coming out with a new movie 
both the worlds came together and to have an interest the lumberjacks were replaced by zombies of course there are no real zombies those who have watched enough movies of the zombies kind everyone knows that it's cliche now and there's nothing novel in that but that's the way this particular match happened of course they are making sure that damian priest who was drafted to raw in early january and was made a part of the raw roster soon after royal rumble has been on a winning streak while the miz morrison relationship has been a little bit shaky but this is not the first time any tag team has been on the losing end while losing simultaneous singles matches so this is how all, all the tag team matches all the championship and the non title match happened and for the last it was the mysterious versus ziggler and root for the smackdown tag team championship ray mysterio at 48 years teen bidis son at 23 years and despite all the obviousness that one of the wrestlers made sure that it became a 2 in 1 handicap match and when one thought that ray mysterio had to go one on one one on two against ziggler and rude what happened was nothing surprising dominic mysterio strides into the match comes late dragging his feet clutching his ribs and somehow despite all the injuries or the fictitious injuries or the real or superficial injuries sustained Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio win their they go they went on to win the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match and of course became the first father-son duo to win the tag team championship.
And now let's shift our focus to something more interesting and at the same time in the semi-sensitive zone. And in this case, the focus is on Tendulkar opening up on an interesting topic. Tendulkar talked about battling anxiety, anxiety in his playing days, first 10 to 12 years. I'm not surprised by this, but let's see what exactly he had to say. In my mind, the match started long before I entered the ground. The anxiety levels were very high and this discussion has been linked on to many players, though only cricketers who have been, who have talked about this. I've never seen any other sports person have the goal to talk about this, though he or she also feels the anxiety and even if it was a hockey player, a football player, an athlete or someone like Manu Bhakar or Neeraj Chopra or anyone of the retirees who would have talked about this. It would have never become main news. But because it's Tendulkar, it's cricket and therefore it comes as a huge thing that it's such an important thing we should discuss. But let me just get into details. I'm not surprised that he opened about this. Well, why? Because the media, his counterparts, the commentators and, it, and, it, and his teammates from 1989 to 1996 should equally take the responsibility. With a me mediocre team from 1989 to 1996, he was literally and metaphorically doing the heavy lifting and became the guardian angel of the team. If you remember, a trend had started. Tendulkar gets out, the team loses. And it, it was in the media, it was by the commentators, his counterparts did it. And therefore, while the rest of his team members couldn't do much about this, they, they had potential, but they were, it was a mediocre kind of potential. It was all about this guy. For the first 10 years, he didn't have too many people to support him that if I get out, can my teammates carry on the job? And we all know the examples. I won't go into that. And then the media and the fanatics gave him the moniker of the best batter in the world and the divine status symbolizing how we fixate on specific individuals. And what does this mean? It means something very simple. We gave him the moniker of God, the best batter, the God, best batter, everyone from media, his counterparts, commentators, his teammates, the coaches, everyone kept on repeating this and it got to him. So this is not something novel. Even before pseudo-media became an important part of sports, it was hypothesized, in fact, it became a theory that once Tenlukar gets goes, the team loses and his teammates couldn't do anything on their own. So this kept on repeating and this has happened in numerous matches. As soon as he would get out, everyone would say, is this the end of the match, the commentators. And if it was live television or if it if if it came if it was a five-day match, 
he got out the media would print uh, electronic media was in focus over there as well as print media so they would reiterate he gets out can the teammates do anything the team collapses the team can't do anything he gets out there's a demoralizing factor arising but it's nothing new yes it might be something important as far as the men- mental health and sports anxiety is concerned but the question becomes would this be in focus if it was a current sports person or a retired sports person of any other sport whether it's hockey or badminton tennis if this was leander pace or mahesh bhupati or the likes of the current in neeraj chopra pv sindhu had they said this would that be taken seriously no had even a former women's cricket player said this it would have never come up it would have never become a, it would have never been given at least a full paragraph but for me opening up 10 years post retirement is a publicity stunt and this urge to remain relevant since that's the only way you will be relevant this conversation is meaningless because you accepted the fact that you were of divine status you were the best batter and once you got out your teammates couldn't live up to the expectations so there's nothing normal in this this was a lofty chamber littered lined and littered with countless bottles broad low broad low tables were scattered about which bristled with retorts test tubes and little bunsen lamps with the blue flickering flames there was only one student in the room who was bending over a 
distant table absorbed in his work at the sound of our steps he glanced around and sprang to his feet with a cry i have found it i have found it with a cry of pleasure i have found it i have found it he shouted to my companion running towards us with a test tube in his hand i have found a reagent which is which is precipitated by hemoglobin and by nothing else had he discovered a gold mine greater delight could have not shown upon his features dr watson sherlock holmes said stamford introducing us how are you he said cordially gripping my hand with a strength for which i should have hardly given him credit you have been in afghanistan i perceive how on earth did you know that i asked in astonishment never mind said he chuckling to himself the question now is about hemoglobin no doubt you see the significance of this discovery of mine This ends episode number 366 on the 19th of May 2021. Tune in for the next episode episode number 367 on the 21st of May 2021 at 10 a.m. IST. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's 10:30.